Welcome to another lovely episode of Beyond the Blade, number 75. We're getting up there. We're getting close to 125 away. Probably hit it this season. But I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis. Definitely hit it this season. I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And Chad, we got some games to talk about. Yeah, we have games to talk about. We have, like, real games. Like, not preseason, not pretend ones not prospect challenge real hockey games you know what's even better than that what's that we got some victories to talk about yes i was just gonna say that and we even got two wins out of those three after thursday it didn't seem promising we'd have that but a little nice turnaround in the last few games but uh yeah it, there's you know, there's only three games but there's kind of a lot of touch on here that that's for sure yeah i mean thursday was a little ugly uh, i felt like <laughs> Things could have went downhill quickly, and they actually did go downhill very quickly inside the arena. Um, All right, so night. tell me about because you told me a little bit about it. So I'll, I'll kind of let you have the floor here because you're in, you're I guess not in, well you are a new season ticket holder kind of, but you've had it before, right? That's true. Yeah. So actually, before you got the press pass, I was part of the group that split. Um, right. Right. Yep. I was part of that. That year, when you kind of we found out you were going to have the chance to start getting press passes. Um, my wife got on basically the waiting list. So we were on the waiting list for like three years. We were offered last year. We said no. Offered this year. We said yes. And well, I guess I'll just start off with, uh, it's been kind of a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know there was kind of talk about it on uh, Twitter after the first game. So I don't know if everybody knows this, but basically once you have season tickets, you get a, it's like a Sabres box card and you basically get 2.5% back. So you get like, Depending on where you are, we got like 70 bucks. And uh, so we get there the first night, and we basically plan to, you know, get dinner, buy a couple drinks, maybe get a hat or something, uh, and basically use up the money just that night because, obviously, home opener, you're excited for the season and the hope that should be following the season. And uh, so the, those cards didn't even work. Um, <laughs> That's excellent. Good start. <laughs> so, yep. So that was uh, basically everybody in line was trying to use those cards, and uh, they basically – well, because you know it's Delaware North that works the concessions, but basically they right. they claimed that they were never told that that stuff was not going to work. Um, you had literally one lady who was just standing there. I don't know if she was supposed to be entrained or what, but she kind of was taking the brunt of it because she's just kind of hanging out at the register. Uh, you got you know a dude to your left is just screaming his head off as you're trying to just wait for a twenty ounce beer that costs twelve seventy five. <laughs> but uh, I will say you know season ticket discount. It's nice. You get a, you get a lot of you get like two to three bucks off pretty much everything, but uh, like even that. So the my one Buffalo app. So you ready for this one? So you basically have to link your tickets to the app, and then you get credit for the tickets, and then you can be like, there's different like levels that you are like a gold member or whatever if you have seasons. And so it didn't 
length the first night. So we went down and basically the guy overrode the app so that it would link and we would get the points and whatever. But still to this day, when you go on the screen that says to link it, it says, congratulations, you're a season ticket holder. And then when you go on the season tickets part of the app, it says, please link your tickets. <laughs> so, and the last game now, they're asking to uh, see that screen to show that you're a season ticket holder before you can get a discount. So that should be interesting on tomorrow or tonight if you're listening to this for the Colorado game, because I'll be there for that one. Um, so yeah, and I feel bad for, I even forget the guy's name, but I guess there was a, so there's a My One Buffalo table in the what, like 100 area. And the guy okay, basically yep. just kept sending everybody down to um, account services or whatever, right underneath the escalators off to the left. And uh, so there's this one poor guy who's there, and he is like seen as the My Buffalo app IT guy. There was literally like 20 people in line, and like three of them were waiting for Saber stuff. And I swear the other 17 were just waiting for this guy on the My One Buffalo app. Oh, boy. So uh, that tells you how well that's going, too. So off to a rough start uh, as a season ticket holder. But, hey, uh, at least we had some bubble soccer in the first game that was probably as exciting as that game got. Yeah, and, you know, I, I noticed, too, they did that uh, Rinko and the person won a Dallian jersey and didn't lose it with the penalty box. So that's that's right. an improvement. But Robert. I did also – I didn't catch it, but I saw on Twitter that one of the trivia questions, they gave the wrong answer as the answer. So that was, that was <laughs> awesome. They did uh, do that, too. <laughs> For me, my experience, I was in the press box, and I feel like I had a much better experience than you. Uh, they, they new to the press box food this year. They had some like uh, like mini pretzels with cheese, so it was pretty cool. That was a big hit mm. in the press box between the media people. But uh, it was more of like a, a first day of school kind of vibe for me. When I walk in there, and usually I'm there pretty early, so I'm like one of the first people up there because I'm a freak and that's what I like to do. I like to get pictures of the arena when it's empty and kind of have that vibe as I get ready. Uh, but it's funny, I walk in the hallway. And Joe Yurden's there getting coffee, and he's me and him are pretty much only people in the press box at that point. You know, he says hi, how you doing? And I said good, and I'm like I said, are you, uh, you know, excited this year for your new thing? And he was like, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I, you don't know how I'm ready I am for this. I'm like, all right. So you know, Joe's got me pumped as I'm walking down, and then, you know, and then Vogel comes up to me and says hi, and then there's you no, know, I saw Beauvais outside, and then Greg Forrest came up to me, and then I saw Jared too, who works for the Sabers PR now, media relations. So I was like. So I got to meet everybody, like all the Twitter media people, kind of all. <laughs> Definitely a first day of school vibe there. So that was pretty cool. So I think I had a much better experience than you did. And plus the Swedish media next to me, I got to talk to some Swedish reporters. So I'm sorry to hear about your unfortunate time in the opener, but uh, besides the game itself, it was it was pretty good for me, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't even cold either. You you tried to get down I, to me. I, it really I wasn't, it wasn't I even did. cold. <laughs> I was disappointed. I was looking for the obligatory I'm cold tweet, and it, it wasn't even there for the first one. So, I mean, way to be part of ruining the home opener for me, Chad. I, I really appreciate it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, honestly, I I think there's some things that are going in the right direction. I just think that they were nowhere near ready, uh, especially for the home opener. Like, there are stuff where you can, certain places you can order on the app, uh, and then just go pick it up in intermission so you don't have to wait in line. Um, so I, And there's, there, there's you know, it's slowly getting there, but unfortunately it's it's pretty slow, and, and they're pretty far behind the time. So hopefully as the season kind of rolls around here, um, I mean, we even had the DJ Milk thing that was pretty, got some pretty good play on Twitter. Between I, you I and enjoyed Harrington. it. Was yeah, that not like the people said, though, was that not like the perfect, <laughs> like, current state of Buffalo media right now? I thought it was fantastic, and he's really hating was. every second of it. I, I literally scrolled past it and like I don't know if you can really do a double take, but I pretty much did and came back to it and was like, wait a minute, and they're right next to each other. <laughs> it was too perfect, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was fine with it. It was I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I think the first game that was really all he did was he just kind of talked during the pregame, um, but the last game that we were at for the Golden Knights, he was doing more of when they were showing like fans in the stands, uh, and I think that was more of kind of the wheelhouse where you know kids are doing their dances and flossing or whatever and uh he's kind of cheering them on or calling them out and laughing and stuff like that i think that really kind of gets people more involved i mean even just him screaming i mean how many times last year was the arena just you know dead silent uh so at least you've got somebody screaming trying to get them fans you know back into the game or 
especially if it's a snoozer. I mean, maybe that's why he didn't really talk the first one because they kind of got that one early and it didn't really go well from there. But right. um, yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a step in the right direction. I think they're anything to kind of get it maybe more towards. I, you don't want to go all the way towards bandit e, but I mean it's basically just like a party the entire time. So if you can get kind of closer to that, I don't see that as a bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, yeah, it's you know anything to up the. Um the vibe in the building, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Because it was, it was rocking opening night. Fans were ready to go, but team wasn't. It's unfortunate. You know, I wasn't at the Vegas game or the Rangers game, so I don't really know what the vibe was like there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. You know, it's I, – I don't know. I enjoyed it, you know, the music. And I, I think it's it's different. They're, they're trying, so give them credit for, you know, trying, right? So that that's all you can do. One little quick thing, too. I was a little disappointed that they didn't announce – they announced Jack Eichel, but they just announced some number nine Jack Eichel. There wasn't like your new captain or your captain when they were doing the, you know, announcing the roster. Right, uh, right. But yeah, I will and they, say, even without that, that was probably the loudest I've heard the arena in quite a long time. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like I, I tweeted too, I'm pretty sure somebody in that Sabres department listens to our show because they had Pirates of the Caribbean for Eichel. <laughs> they and they had the NWO in the intro thing. So, like. Those are both our ideas. I feel like they might have stole that from us. But it's all right. Well, they go, it's all I right. mean, hopefully, because then they can fix the things that I talked about for the last five minutes. It's <laughs> a good point. See, look at that. we're helping them out. Look at that. And look, so they know they have problems in the stands, and they know the press box people are happy. So, like, look at that. Bam. Helping people out. Helping so, people. on the ice, now we've talked 11 minutes about off the ice stuff. We should get to the on the ice part here. Uh, there were three games, as we mentioned. Uh, Boston didn't go very well. The Rangers, they won 2-1. to one. Vegas was probably the best of the three in the 4-2 victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, a few things, you know, I wrote down here in our outline. Boston looked a lot like last year. It was better in the Ranger game. Not great. Hutton was excellent in the Rangers game. Uh, he was pretty good in the Vegas game. Uh, you, We were texting back and forth about Jack Eichel needs to do something with Austin Matthews scoring 500 goals. Yep. Jack Eichel arrived in the third game, so that's exciting. Funny enough, right before the game, I literally told my wife who I was at the game with, I said, Eichel needs to show up this game. Like, I mean, like it or not, if, if he's going to be you know, up, up there in the discussion with the best in the NHL, you see what, like you said, Matthews now leads the league with seven goals in four games. Tavares is tearing it up. McDavid is using his speed and setting up easy backdoor taps. Um, I, I feel like Eichel, the first two games, he wasn't non-existent, but um, you, you just needed him to, I, I didn't feel like in the first two games, he really like took over a game or every time he was on the ice, you kind of knew he was there. Uh, and then in Vegas, he, he, like you said, you have here, he, he arrived. Uh, he did it. It was, it was nice to see. It was nice to kind of call that out. And I'm glad that, you know, he showed up. Uh, I think it was big, especially the first, getting the first two goals and, Kind of the Sabers, I feel like we're able to ride that to victory against you know the Stanley Cup finalists from a year ago. Yeah, and you know, I mean, sticking with Eichel, I mean that that, that line, that Sherry Eichel middle or middle side, Sherry Eichel Reinhardt line looks really impressive. I was kind of nervous when they yep. took Skinner off, but I mean that you know I, I tweeted about during the Vegas game. I, I think. Yeah, fourth round pick right now is going to turn into a third for Pittsburgh if things stay the way they are. I mean, it's 20 goals or 40 points for Sherry. And if he stays on that line, I can definitely see him hitting both, if not one of the two marks for sure. Yeah, but I would think either way, that trade's worth it. Oh, 100%. I would do that trade every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I mean, I, I texted you in the game. You know, can you tell me, explain to me again why the Sabres basically got Sherry for free? Because he looks yeah. great. And I will say on, on Jack's two goals, the first one got me excited. The second one, I literally, you know, took me out of my seat. Um, <laughs> just him all alone, and then I literally screamed back in. <laughs> and then when he <laughs> when he took it there, I was already out. I was, <laughs> uh, you knew you knew he was going to have it. So I mean, even just thinking about it, a big smile on my face. It was, it was nice to see, um, like you said, he, him to show up, and, and I mean that goal is just a thing of beauty. And for them to come back and get you know three goals in the second and and basically be able to shut it down in the third and and ride out a home victory and now you know two and one and yeah another home game here against Colorado I think they're definitely especially I, I think coming off the first game 
it, I, I think, and I, I, so I know we're going to get to this point. Where we're going to say things we like and things we are concerned about to not to get ahead of it. But I, I think one of the most important things is they had the night that they had in the home opener where they got a little bit booed after the first got really booed after the second, because it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was, it felt like it was last season. Like it never it really did. It did. Uh, yep. It was terrible. And so for them to have that happen and then the next two games come out and beat, you know, uh, probably rebuilding Rangers team, but then the night after beat the team that was in the Stanley Cup final the night or the, the season before. Uh, I even tweeted out there was a fan who basically was calling for the coach's head and Flurry to be sat <laughs> because the Sabres right. beat them. So, uh, yeah, I, I think for them to be able to kind of turn around, I mean, there's still a ways to go, but this year kind of what we're looking for is progression. And I think even in a small sample size of these first three games, I think you saw it, um, and especially kind of night and day between the first game and the Vegas Golden Knights game. Yeah, I think it's a good transition. You, know, you brought it up, kind of things we liked and didn't like. And, you know, I, I wrote about it today earlier uh, for Die by the Blade. You know, there is and there's a few things. Um you know, I'll list them and then we can kind of go through them and then we can kind of go through your list too. Um, Carter Hutton looks great. Uh, that's excellent to see so far. Nine four three save percentage, two oh six goals against average. That's excellent. He just looks solid. Like, he, he does. He really looks. He's calm. Big. He's relaxed. Yeah. Yes. He's very very calm in the net, which is something we really haven't seen. No, no, definitely not. So that's excellent, and that's been really good for the first three games to kind of let this team kind of settle in. And get some confidence with their goaltending being so solid. Uh, the power play looks good. That's very good. There's no reason it shouldn't with the talent on that roster. I mean, the first power play unit's humming, and Darlene's not even on it. So yep. you know, that's, that's pretty good, and that allows them to have a second unit that could score too. So that's good. Um, the puck distribution looks better if you throw out the Boston game. Uh, you know, they, still, they didn't seem like they could catch a pass in the Boston game. No, it like was, everything was bouncing off sticks. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So that looked better in the Rangers in the Vegas game. Yep. And, you know, it allowed them to hit, come to the neutral zone with speed and get on the Rangers, get on the Vegas defense, you know, on the four-track. Where they really couldn't do that in Boston because they were fumbling in the neutral zone and how many times did Eichel cross the line and, like, it looked like he was hesitating. He was waiting. Instead of, like, using his speed, he would slow up or he'd try to pass it across There's... the blue line and it would get picked off and go the other way and... It's just, there's too much, I don't know, it's like I said, just throw that Boston game right out of here, because it was just bad, I don't want to talk about it, you know. Yeah, there's but, so uh, much, like we, I mean, not to talk about it, but like we were talking about with last season, it was a lot of just dumping the puck out, uh, you know, going for line changes, just kind of giving the puck away, making bad passes through the neutral zone, and then guys going off anyways. Uh, just a lot of that, which I do think they cleaned up in the second two games. Yeah, definitely, I 100% agree with that. And, you know, the Darlene looks fine. Uh, even though Skinner, I don't think he's recorded a point yet. I, I think he's been excellent at least the last two games. Um, there's some things he can do with the puck that are pretty. A lot of people can do. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty crazy, and you know he's doing a lot of that kind of on his own, which maybe we'll get to in a little bit here. But uh, he's very good and tight. Yes, he is. He is, and he's he's in the offensive zone. He's pesky getting the puck back too. Like he'll he'll hound you for it. I, I maybe like a little bit of, to be in the defensive zone too, but definitely in the offensive zone. You know, if the puck gets away from him, he'll go hound you and get it back. So that's that's good. And, you know, the last thing is, I guess the defense in general doesn't look too bad. Wrist lineman looks fine. Uh, Scandella had a rough first period against Boston, but after that I thought he was fine. Bully had a tough first game. They're sheltering him now, so he's doing better. And honestly, if you ask me, I feel like McCabe and Darlene has kind of been the most consistent pair of the three pairs. So, you know, all in all, that's good. Concerning thing, I think. I think there's two things that concern me the most, and I'll let you go. Uh-huh. And we'll kind of get into each each of these things. Is I think it's one thing you're going to bring up is even strength scoring. Uh, they didn't they didn't score an even strength goal until Vegas. And the second thing is, I'm a little bit concerned about Skinner not having a center that can keep up with him. Especially if they're not going to put him with middle set yet. But, you know, so those are my two biggest concerns three games through. And then I'll kind of let you kind of spit out your stuff here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure more will come as we kind of go through here. But I think for me, early on, especially in the first game, they weren't shooting the puck at all. I think they, your home opener, they had, what, five, six shots in the first period. 
Yeah, I mean, how um, many times did I text you or tweet out, like, shoot the puck, please? Like, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, stop passing, had, shoot the puck. I think Skinner had it in the high slot in the first game, and he looked to pass it to somebody back door. Like, you were, you're probably one of the best shots on the team. How are you not shooting in that spot? Yeah, I mean, the worst one might be Eichel. When Eichel, the 2-on-1 was Skinner, and yeah, he had yeah. a clear shot. He tried to pass. It got picked off, and, what, 10 seconds later, it was in the net at the other end. Yeah, so I, for me, I think it's kind of... If, if they're going to play with speed, they're going to, you know, use their speed through the neutral zone, have better passing, get into odd man rushes, or at least chances where if you have a little bit of space, I mean, that's a lot of space in the NHL. So you need to take advantage of that, and pucks need to get to the net. Um, I In the Golden Knights game, I do remember saying to myself, hey, it looks like they're shooting more, even if it was, like, from bad angles. If they kind of didn't have an outlet or somewhere to go to passing-wise, uh, it looked like they were starting to get it to the net. Um, it's kind of tough to tell because they really didn't do much in that third period. But, I mean, up through 4-1 to one with the coach that was a defenseman, you kind of saw that coming. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, here, let me pull it up real quick. They're 20, averaging 26 shots for a game. It's 26 out of 31 teams. It's it's not good. That, that number definitely needs to get higher. And they're averaging 35, almost 36 shots against. 35.3 I wrote it in the article that's how we know so <laughs> yeah I mean that's you're only, you're looking at almost a 10 shot differential through three, three games that's for me currently that's probably one of my biggest concerns uh, if you're going to be more of a possession team that's going to play with speed and have the puck more on your stick in the offensive zone those pucks need to be getting to the net because they yeah, got no, I- with Vegas I mean not very often if ever again should a team let Jack Heichel all alone in the slot by himself um so right i mean there was a lot of on vegas like breakdowns you definitely saw this so yeah i mean i guess you kind of caught vegas so it's a good and part of it too is i don't think vegas is the same team that were last year we'll see how that plays out but i would agree but not but yeah they're still a good team you know i mean not having nate schmidt probably hurts that defense but nonetheless i mean they had shay theodore who looked really good and made me angry that the sabers did end up getting him somehow because he carried the puck to the neutral zone at least two or three times and looked they almost scored each time. But yeah, it, it the the shot thing is it was concerning for Boston. New York it was concerning because the first period was very heavy in favor of the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Vegas Vegas game is weird. You know it's I know Vegas got a lot of shots and you know they did put some pressure in the third period, but I never really I mean maybe it's being up four to one, but I never, I never really felt like they were in trouble. I never really felt like they were scrambling. For me, maybe a portion of the second period, I kind of felt like maybe they were in like a little bit of scramble near the end. But in general, like, even like you know, when yeah. Vegas makes it two one, you know, I'm like, oh boy. And but what the Sabres scored two goals within two minutes. You know, again, that's something that we didn't see last year. Maybe last year's team crumbles, and instead of the Sabres scoring two goals in two minutes, Vegas pops two in two minutes. You know, and so. Again, I mean, the shots in that game were, were interesting. You know, we'll, maybe we'll kind of see how Colorado goes. Because, I mean, the Avalanche, they got some forwards on that team that can score some goals on you. And they, they can skate, too. So maybe we'll kind of see how the shots go there. But their defense, on the other hand, isn't great either. So I'm kind of curious kind of how the shots break down in that game. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save more Colorado stuff later because there's a few things I do want to say about that game. But we'll save that for the end. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's three games out of 82, but through three three games, uh, for me, the shots on net, I thought that would drastically get better from last season, and so far it hasn't. Um, like you said, I think they had, I mean, they had 17 total shots. I believe they probably had four goals by the time they had 14 or 15. I don't think they had many in the third, so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, um, right. I, I think that, like, didn't they have, like, three goals or on four shots, or even four goals on four shots in the second? Yeah, no, I think so, it, was, yeah. it was three on three or three on four or something like three that. Three on four, yeah, that sounds right. So, yeah, I think, and I, I mean, you can kind of just feel it coming, like I said, but I, uh, they, they really just shut it down um, once they were up three goals in that game. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, best defense can be a good offense. If you got the puck on your stick going towards their net, uh, it's obviously not going towards yours. So, just something to keep an eye on going forward. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Back to your five on five scoring, it's it's tough. I will say, hey, three games in and a defenseman has scored. That's a good thing. Yep, and Scandella even put a wrist shot on that. How about that? Not his 
six-hour wind-up for a slapper. He threw a wrist shot, been off of Carlson's backside, and then in the net. Yeah, and even uh, even McCabe should have had one. Was it? I think it was at the Boston game. Yep. Uh, yeah, McCabe's in the Boston round here. That, that's for sure. Yeah, because Eichel actually been dubbed that. Eichel found him coming in late, and he had a pretty good, pretty good look. Uh, I think it was like top of the slot with no one really around him. Uh, and I don't know if Rask, or not Rask, it was Halak. Halak got a piece of it, or if it kind of went up. But I remember vividly, you know, McCabe's slashed kind of the boards as he went by because he knew it was yeah. kind of a missed yeah. opportunity. And I, I text you about that. At least McCabe seemed to care um, as they were getting beaten down in that game. But I think you're you're definitely seeing the deactivate, which is good. Um, and if they can keep scoring, I mean, there's some of your secondary scoring that we haven't had in a couple of years. So anybody looking for, you know, five on five scoring to come up this season, I think it kind of starts with the back end. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, that third line does look, or the fourth line does look good. I mean, Rodriguez is really moving. Uh, I think he's, he's kind of been one of your best forwards. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pavel and Gergensen's kind of make me laugh at this point, but, uh, I mean, like you said, though, I mean, it, they're, the line's they're, working, they're you know? Yeah, they're so moving. So you can't, you know, what do you, you can't really say that much about it. I mean, they're they're working, at least. They're, I mean, I, th- I thought you could argue they may have been the best line in the Bruins game. I feel like every in time the they're on the game, ice, yeah. they yes. were creating offense, at least in the zone. So, yeah, I mean, out from that fourth line, they got a goal. Rodriguez looks good. Gergensen's isn't making me want to pull my hair out, except the one. They'll do the bossing him. I think he flubbed a one-timer. That that was the only time I think I've only been legitimately mm-hmm. mad at Gergensen. That. That, that's that's it. It was so a far. hard way. Yes, it was a super. It went backwards of all things too. I think <laughs> like he like, got a stick on it and went backwards. Uh, so I put out, you know, we put out some. I put a thing out on Twitter, kind of asking people kind of their concerns, and you know, there are a few ones. Good ones. We got some good replies. You know, uh, they're all good. yeah. I mean, Larson coming back healthy concerns me. That's legitimate. Now that concerns, concerns me too. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially Middles- with who he was going in and out with, at least for yeah, he was, practice. Yeah, it was Middlestead and Thompson, the mains he was rotating in and out with. So we'll, I guess we'll keep an eye on that, but that's definitely concerning. <laughs> uh, Carter Hutton was mentioned a few times. Middlestead, uh, even strength scoring we talked about was mentioned. Uh, I want to bring up Matt because Matt is what I want to get to next. So Matt Kopnick or Kopnick, sorry, Matt. Butchered your name, but uh, we had him on here a couple weeks ago, and the one concern he had, where I'm going to go to now, is 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 there a legitimate option on the roster that can play number two center? And this kind of works in another concern that I had with through the first two games at least with uh, Skinner's ice time. Um, you know, he was through two periods, he was one of the lowest on the team in terms of ice time of the Boston game. He played a lot in the third period. Uh, the Rangers, he was one of like. I think the third lowest total in that game among forwards. And, you know, you played a lot against Vegas, but, you know, my, my concern here, and I know it's because of defense, is he's not, yeah. you know, Housley's not going to put him with middle stat yet. I mean, he's with Berglund, and I don't mean Berglund's Berglund. I'm not expecting a ton from him. I'm expecting him to be good defensively, and he's kind of dumb. And he hasn't made any mistakes that have bothered me. I mean, he's being Patrick Berglund. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been terrible. So, you know, I'm not going to complain about it, but he's not – He's a third-line center. Yeah, he's not the center that plays with Jeff Skinner. You know what right. I mean? And, like, you know, Kyle Oposo's been okay. But, again, I don't think Oposo plays at the same speed that Skinner wants to play at or kind of moves at and the style of play he is. And, you know, I think Middlestat could be a good fit. Maybe it's, you know, it's Middlestat, Oposo, Skinner, and you kind of Oposo on that wing who, you know, kind of that's why I told you in the beginning before we started this podcast where I wanted to tell you about hearing your natural reaction kind of get your thought on it. Yeah. It's just ways to get around it is if you put if you put Oposo with Skinner in middle stat, that's a good defensive forward you have. You can alleviate it that way. You can also alleviate the defensive issues by putting middle stat and Skinner in offensive zone situations. You can also alleviate it mm, by Yeah, right. You can also alleviate it by putting out one of your top pairs, either Ristolainen's Scandella or Dalene and McCabe. Every time that, you know, on the road might be more difficult, but irregardless, you put one of your top pairs out when they're out. So if they get stuck defensively, at least you have your top pair on the ice. You don't have Bolu and Nelson with them. And, you know, it just it, it's ways that 
you know, we kind of talk about sheltering Bullyu. Well, it, it's a way to shelter Skinner and Middlestad, who maybe aren't the best defensive players in the team. Although Middlestad, I'll say, through three games, he's been fine defensively. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just more of a fear. Where Skinner, I think there might be some legitimate concerns there defensively, but I, I feel like it's a it's part where I, where I understand Housley's thinking behind it, but at the same time, I think a good coach figures out a way to alleviate that and put his best players together in positions to succeed. Because putting Skinner with Middlestad helps Skinner, and also helps Middlestad, who hasn't who only has one assist in the season. So I think if you can get those two guys turning, and then you have a third line of you know when he's healthy, Saboka, Berglund, Thompson, and then your fourth line is playing all right, and then you have that first line who's just rolling right now. I mean, that's a way to set up a line where you can just roll four lines. Where now I kind of feel like that third line is like Thompson's playing seven minutes a game here, Middlestat's playing like ten. It's just that third line feels like it's. It, I'm not getting much from it. And, you know, kinda I kind of think that's hurting Middlestat's production where, in a way, if you just put some coaching into it, I think you can alleviate that. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I, I think you're pretty much spot on. I, I think Middlestad, to your point, hasn't been, hasn't been bad by any means. I think it's just when you think of Middlestad, you think of offense, and we really haven't seen that. But at the same point where you would think you'd be getting more offense and seeing some defensive struggles, you haven't seen those defensive struggles. So I don't know really kind of where you can be mad to at Middlestad at the, or mad about his game to this point. Um Skinner, I, I mean, you're spot on. It's basically you got to – GM's job is to put the, the roster together. The coach's job is to get the most out of that roster as possible. And I feel like with Skinner, to your point, it's kind of not happening. You have one of your best offensive players basically getting all of his minutes when the game's out of hand or the game's in hand. Um, I just – when you see Skinner in the offensive zone – you see the talent there. You see the skill there. I mean, he was making plays. I don't even, it didn't really amount to anything, but I think it was against the Knights where it was, uh, if you're behind the Knights net, bottom left of the rink, basically just turn somebody inside out. And then it was just like him and the goalie. Um, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. And even the Rangers game too, he made a nice move where he set up, he set up somebody who missed a tap or the goalie got a stick on it. Where he made a move to put it to the the Rangers defender's feet, drove the net, yep, yep. and tried to put it across. And I can't remember if someone blocked it or the whoever was inside whiffed on. I couldn't remember exactly what happened. But this, I mean, like to me, that's crazy that you're getting you're getting that play every game or plays like that every game in the offensive zone, and to kind of have the fear of well, I'm not kind of getting enough defensively, so you know he's not playing as much. I, I mean, that's a concern. It's one of your main concerns. I just I, I think if you're going to limit Jeff Skinner and limit kind of who he's playing with and when and where, um, I don't think you're going to get the Jeff Skinner that you traded for. Uh, I, he's he's going to get his goals. They're coming. Uh, you can even see it in the first couple games, like you said. He, I think he kind of just needs to mesh. And to your point, I don't know that the people that he's playing with, it's kind of like Michael the first three years. Yeah. It's kind of like they found Shiri and they're for now – Knock on wood. Please let Reinhardt stay on that wing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, I, it, he finally has his wingers, and I think kind of because Shiri fit Eichel's game better and fit that line better, Skinner's kind of the odd man out, and now he's kind of a man on an island that has more skill than pretty much everybody else on the roster, except for maybe Middlestad, uh, and he's kind of struggling to find his fit within the team. Again, only three games, so hopefully as we go along here, we'll, we'll kind of see more of, of what you were saying. But that too, I mean, you had the first three games have been at home. So you should be able to put out any any lineup that you want against what they're putting on the ice, which is kind of concerning a little bit in the Boston game that he was putting Michael out against Bergeron for pretty much the entire game. Uh, you would yeah. think being yeah. at home, you'd kind of want to get your best player away from probably – one, if not the best two-way center in the entire league. Um, but I feel like the the last two games have gotten better. Maybe at this point it's still fairly new. He just doesn't know what he wants to do with Skinner. I think what you brought up is a, a great point. Um, 
we'll definitely look for that going forward. But yeah, I mean, being able to roll four lines, you, you, I mean, you got to do that in this day and age. So if that is what it would take to get us there. Um, yeah. Cause like you, you said, I mean, the Dolly and McCabe have been about as solid as they come defensively, except that first game a little bit McCabe, but I mean, Darlene, we haven't really seen the offense yet. You saw the one where he should have scored on Lundquist. He hit the post. Yeah. Um, yep. But he, that guy, he has been physical. He's been yes, two or yep, three big yes. hits every single game. Um, standing guys up at the blue line, both blue lines. He's, you know, trying to keep the puck in in the offensive blue line. He, I like what he's doing. I, I think he's still getting kind of used to uh, the North American game and, and the, the lack of ice. But I think... Um, you can see him jumping up too. He's he's picking his spots and he's doing a good job at that. So I mean, it's it's all there. It's all coming. Um, but I, I think the thing that surprised me, and I know they said to look out for it, is the physicality. But I didn't kind of expect. They kind of said they being, you know, the, the Swedish reporters and and the scouts prior to him being picked um, that wait until he's 21 and get some some meat on the bones, 22, and and he's really going to start decking people. Hell, he's doing it now. He is just laying people out. Um, so I, I think that's good to see, too, because I think that really does get you into the game. It gets you into, you know, the, the feel of how things are going to go, uh, especially if you're a little bit nervous, even if it really doesn't show in your skating because he's so talented. Uh, I think a couple big hits or a couple good hits can kind of really get you into a game. And uh, I think that's kind of what he's doing. I think he's kind of feeling his way through the first three games, and I like what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, you know, quickly to wrap that up, you know, the Swedish reporter I sat next to was telling me during one of the intermissions that, you know, the offensive side for him, uh, when he started at for London when he was 16, um, you know, everybody sees those YouTube videos and kind of, I think, gets an impression that's kind of how it always was. But from what this guy told me is when he first came into the league as a 16-year-old, you know, they kind of saw that same thing. He focused on his defensive play, and then the offense kind of came as he got more comfortable and then as he got older that, you know, the offense came more and more and more and that kind of came with him again being more comfortable. So I kind of think that's the same thing happening here where he's making sure he's buttoned up defensively. Uh, and then you can kind of see every game he's getting like, he's dipping mm-hmm. his toe a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And then I think there's going to be one game just to explode. Uh, but, you know, that, that's, that's the good thing. At least every game looks like he's coming a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think eventually it'll all come together and, no, I'm, I'm not concerned at all. You know, and, and you know me, my standpoint going into the season is, I'm only expecting around 35 points from him. You know, I mean, there's some people out there who expect him to get like 50, and I just think that's unrealistic. Is it possible? Sure, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm my expectations is around 35 points, like maybe like nine to 10 goals, and then that'd be like 25 assists. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I would, I would agree, especially on the second power play unit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because I think if he's getting 50, it's probably because he's playing on the first unit and picking up a ton of power play points. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's that's a solid point. Uh, so before we move on to kind of looking ahead here, um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we move on for that? Anything else you want to, good, bad, you want to discuss, or you want to move into who's going to go down and make space for Larson here? I would think I would say the last thing would be I, I like what I've seen at Ellie. Uh, I think yep, you've kind of seen the yep. size, the the speed, um, the forechecking has been nice. He's been playing pretty big minutes on the penalty kill right off the bat. Um, so yeah, I I think that was an interesting pickup, and in, in the two games that we've seen him so far, I, I've liked what I've seen. I think he fits that role pretty well. But I mean, other than that, I think we kind of kind of hit it all. It'll be interesting to see here going forward kind of that, that bottom two pair, if if Beaulieu maybe does start to struggle some more or if Nelson – I mean, Nelson's never really going to flash or do anything crazy. He's just going to be your kind of solid guy that just picks up assists every game. For whatever <laughs> it just, just gets points. Just gets points. <laughs> That's all he does. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's – like I said, I, for me, the biggest thing was with how much the home opener was a stinker for them to turn it around the next two games and win, you know, against two solid opponents. Um, if they can, if they can go out West three and one or two, one and one or something like that, I would call the first four games a success. No, I think you're right on there with that. So 
who's going to come out for Johan Larson? I mean, it. So he's not off IR yet. He's he's cleared. I don't say clear, but he's eligible to come off IR. It's been over seven days. Uh, it's really one of three players, it, unless there's an injury here tomorrow, because uh, I don't think Larson's playing tomorrow. So Tennyson's going down. He won't need waivers because he cleared it, and it hasn't been 30 days since he cleared like a week or two ago. Uh, I guess that would probably be the move if Bogosian's going to be fine going out west. You know, that way you, you know, you'll have seven defensemen going out there. Uh, or it's going to be one of Thompson and Middlestat. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to send, they're not going to wave Ellie again. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Gergens is playing too well to come out. It, for what it's worth, Gergensen's term of well, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so he's trying. He's, he's trying, trying very hard. If I, I, I would honestly, say I noticed the speed, but the problem yes, is, I, I noticed in the preseason too. He looks faster. He, yeah, he, but it he's, kind of reminds me of like the guy in the Mighty Ducks. He basically like skates as fast as he can until he hits a wall or a body. <laughs> yeah, or, pretty much, <laughs> or something like that. But even actually, real quick, there was a really funny moment. Was it? I think it was <laughs> Berglund. Oh, it's Berglund who hit the wall in this fellowship. That was the epitome of the Bruins that. game where you just like skate into the wall. And <laughs> <laughs> I think he forgot the rink was enclosed for 10 seconds and just that was really funny. But anyway, yes, continue with Larson. So I, I think if, it's one of two things, in my opinion. It's going to be Tennyson's going to go down and Larson's going to stay here as an extra forward and kind of, I don't know, rotate if he plays with somebody. Or two, I think it'll be Thompson. I mean, he's playing seven minutes a game. Yeah. He's having some lapses here and there. Uh, I don't like it, but I, I kind of think if if the player's going to go down, I think it's going to be Thompson. That's a forward, I mean, at least. No, I, 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 I just can't see it being middle step. People will lose their minds. That's why I think it'd be Thompson. That Do you think he would get sent down? I think you're right with Tennyson. I think Tennyson goes, and then Thompson probably does come out. It just doesn't seem like... Well, I'm saying if I'm saying Thompson goes down, if like Bogosian's not ready, and they got to keep Tennyson oh here, they got to keep him around. I gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think more than likely Tennyson goes down, and then Thompson comes out. If they're going to try and put Larson back in the lineup, um, I definitely don't like it either. I mean, Thompson has been great, but I think it it's hard to expect him to see what he did in the prospects. Excuse prospects challenge, um, and then kind of t- turn that around and to do it against NHLers. I mean, yeah, I was good in the preseason too, but I it's just the thing that I keep coming back to in my head is it's it's very strange to me how when the trade happened, he seemed like a pretty confident guy. He was going to finally get a chance in the top six, and oh how the mighty have fallen! I don't know who told him that, but I mean, we're three <laughs> games in and he's playing seven minutes and he's on a bottom six and yep, it looks like yep. he's about to be healthy scratch for Johan Larson. So, and I don't necessarily think that, I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. He hasn't been great, but I don't know that his play really is warranted a healthy scratch. Like I don't really see anybody clamoring myself. I'm not really like Thompson. You got to get this guy out of here. He's playing like garbage. Um, but I, I would say if someone were to come out, I mean, if, if it were middle sad, let's watch the city burn for a couple of days, I guess. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I would imagine it's Thompson, which is it's pretty crazy. It's, it's unfortunate. It's like I said, if you don't get these guys off the roster, you never know what will happen. I mean, that's the whole thing. You know, I said, you know, going into the season that you can't have Gergensen's and Larson both here. Yep. I mean, and, and now you have Ellie here, too. I mean, it's... And then Rodriguez and Pominville and just you have so many players who play the same role. Yep. So it's it doesn't I mean then then you throw Saboka and Berglund into it, you know, that compounds it too. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that all shakes out, but we'll move to more happier things here because I don't want to talk too much about that because it's depressing. Uh so there's one, two, three, four, five. Well, there's one more home game left in those four-game stretch. The Avalanche tomorrow slash today, depending on when you listen to it. Uh, then they go out west for one, two, three, four, five with Arizona, Vegas, San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. Uh, tough so stretch. We'll, tough stretch. Uh, even though Arizona has not scored a goal yet this season, which I, just, I feel like Arizona goes off to a bad start every single year, which is insanity. I guess not having Gale Chinook might do that, but. Yeah, Arizona's like Sabres West. Yeah, pretty much. They should be better this year. Oh, no, maybe not. It'll click for them one year, hopefully. 
Uh, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today's slash tomorrow's game should be interesting with the Avalanche because Varlamov's playing great. Uh, mm-hmm. You would know he's on your fantasy hockey team, right? So you would know about oh, that. Oh, sure is. Chilling on my bench. <laughs> uh, they have Nathan McKinnon. Uh, you know, Soderberg is off to a decent start. Uh, they have Rotten, who's pretty good underrated player. Uh, Landis Cog looks like he's healthy. He played um, today. I think they're playing today. Today? Or, yes, no, yes. yesterday they played. They played yesterday and lost. But he played yesterday against Columbus. So he looks like he's fine. Uh, old friends Zadorov and Comfort are there. Sam Gerrard's a nice piece on defense. They got in that Duchesne trade. So Colorado's an interesting team. You know, they they went from worst to first last year. Uh, they have some talent offensively, and they have some guys that could score on you, especially in terms of Nathan McKinnon, who will, if you don't keep an eye on him, he's going to make your night miserable. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think all in all, you know, I kind of expect Hutton to go again. Um, then we'll kind of talk about here in a second. Maybe we're going to see Omar finally get in here, but... I think it'll be a good test. You know, you're playing with team of speed, but their defense isn't great. And, you know, m- their goaltender's hot, but you're also going to have some nights where he's not that great. So it's kind of interesting kind of what you're going to get from Varlamov. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't – did Varlamov play the other night? And I'm, I, I no, Grubauer did. Okay, so then you're definitely getting Varlamov. <laughs> that, that's my question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's – We'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm sure you are, too, going to the game. But, you know, as me as uh, having to be a neutral observer, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing McKinnon play and, you know, kind of watching how that new Colorado team actually looks in person. Yeah, definitely. Um, even forgot our old friend Tyson Berry, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, Colorado's always interesting. They're they're fairly young. Um, Tyson Yost, too. Yep, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually watched a decent amount of uh, Colorado Columbus last night, and I, I, they look good. I think if they last night they got into a little bit of penalty trouble, and once Columbus started potting a few early, I think Colorado kind of just went away. Um, so I think if you kind of get on top of them, they uh, actually I think they're finishing out a stretch. Yep, they played against Philly Saturday, and then Columbus here. Or Columbus, and then now they're here. So I mean, you got two games away in a row uh, coming over here. So I mean, it's it's never an easy thing. So it's it's definitely going to be a good test because now you've won two in a row. Remember last week I talked about how they've won what was it three games in a row twice two years ago, and I don't know if they won more than twice three games in a row twice last year either. Uh, so the Sabres the last couple of years have really struggled with, you know, putting some wins together. So I would think if, I mean, it's the last game before you go out west. You got Colorado coming in here. I, I think it's a very good test that they can, you know, somehow pull it out and go three and one out west. And then you're playing the Colorado, uh, a Coyotes team that's struggling. Um, heck, if you can go four and one in the, back into the Golden Knights, because you got a tough road there. I mean, going out west to California is never easy. And uh, especially with the Sharks deciding to play like the Sharks last night. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to be too much fun. But I, I think really, th- I think this game is kind of important. Where If you can get you know three in a row, possibly make it four, uh, and then really start the, the teeth of that West Coast trip, uh, I think it's really important to get a kind of a a good start here. I, I think the last two were they were good wins. They're important wins, but uh, if you can make it three in a row here, it's it's very important to to streak. You gotta you gotta streak to be able to to get to the end where you're at least in the conversation. And if you kind of don't have those streaks, obviously by the end of the end of the season, you're not looking too well. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good test. I think both teams are they're pretty much evenly matched i would say hopefully see uh maybe skinner's turn skinner's turn to show up against uh, the avalanche what do you say yeah yeah that, that, that'd be nice that's that, one of the things i'm looking forward to is seeing him get on the score sheet here so cover a lot of saber stuff and we're going to talk some more here once we get in our two podcast stuff going here in the next couple of days well next week we'll start that 
now it's time to have some fun, Bill, because this kind of works out perfectly here. I just got the message saying it's it's go time from our friends at the Rock Pilot Report. Um, so if you saw on Twitter, Drew Gear and I from Rock Pilot Report made a Seagram's bet because uh, he has a hard time spelling hockey players' names. And I told him if he could spell three of five names I give him correctly, then I will drink a Seagram's, and if he doesn't, then he has to drink one. Uh, I promise that I wouldn't go crazy, and you you verify it's all the list. It's nothing crazy. I so uh, we're we're going to bring Drew on here and Chris. Uh, they're both uh, they just wrapped up their own podcast. Uh, so we're going to bring them on here. We have a little fun with the spelling bee, so you and I get to sit back and just uh-huh. enjoy and sulk in the misery of Drew trying to spell hockey player names here. So it should, it should be some fun here. Well, Billy, if you spell this correctly, you pass second grade. Correct. I am the smartest man alive! First, Mr. Samir. Okay. Okay, not going to work here anymore anyway. All right, so a little crab collaboration style here. We're going to have Chris and Drew from the Rock Pile Report. Uh, join us here and see if Drew knows how to spell his hockey names. Uh, they just finished their podcast, which look for that. Um, a lot of Drew ranting and yelling into the microphone. It's actually pretty awesome. Uh, when the Bills play terrible, the first thing I think of is, yes, Drew is going to scream into the microphone this week. I can't wait. So definitely make sure you check out their podcast when it goes live uh, today or tomorrow, depending on when you listen to this. So joining Bill and I, Chris and Drew, fellas, how the podcast go? How you guys doing? It went well, and I'm feeling great. I've got a beer in each hand, and uh, I don't know. Right now, I'm regretting the fact that, out of, uh, considering what I'm about to do, you'd think I would have went back and revisited all the mistakes I've made in the past and my previous misspellings. Yeah, I didn't. Cause I'm ignorant. <laughs> I mean, you have Chris to help knows hockey, too. I figured maybe you'd, you'd tap into him, but I'm assuming you didn't do that either. No, I try not to talk to Chris unless it's about podcast things. <laughs> yeah, and I just try to ignore him whenever he tries to interact with me on any level, in person or text message. We're like the odd couple of podcasting. I mean, fair enough. I mean, Bill and I, you know, we don't really talk. No, I'm kidding. We actually talk all the time about hockey. We're we're losers like that. That's all we do. Um, so here's the deal: Seagram's on the line. I'm going to give you five names. If you get three before we get to five, you win. You got to get three right. And Bill looked at the list. I went pretty easy on you, to be fair. Uh, I did tell you before this, though, if you struggle out of the gate, I'm going to do my best to try to humiliate you with some of these names. So be ready for that. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So we won't waste time. I'll get on a little music here that we have um, for our spelling bees. So you can, you guys, like I said, you guys won't hear that, but I hear it. So the first one, why we're here, Buffalo Sabres right winger, Samson Reinhardt. That is the name that you struggle to spell the most out of anybody I've seen in the world. Have oh you narrowed God. it down yet to Samson Reinhardt? You just got to spell no. last name, Reinhardt. Hilariously enough, I misspell it a different way every time. It's never <laughs> the same misspelling. It's always a different misspelling. I'm going to take my... And you would think that coming into an event like this, I'd know that you would pull this on me. And yet, like I said, no research. None. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm ignorant. So... R-I-N-E-H-A-R-T? No. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Oh, God. R-E-I-N-H-A-R-T. You miss up the close. I and the E. I was yep. close I before you accepted it. Damn it. Oh, that's good. All right. All right, yeah, Bill. Should I go? College, North Collins education you got. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should Who's I go... Let's go, um, because you got the first one wrong. I'm well, going to start doing my best to try to humiliate you. <laughs> um, let's go with the next guy, Chicago Blackhawks centerman. He's off to a hot start this year, Jonathan Taze. Oh, no. I know that it's pronounced Taves, but I know that it's spelled differently than Taves. <laughs> You're right. I'm thinking about it. I'm off to a good start. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Chris. Oh, my God. Chris is rubbing his eyes. <laughs> okay. T-O-W-E-S. Oh, so close, but wrong again. 
T O E W S. All right, this next one I'm going to give you again is an opportunity to humiliate you, but also should be super easy. Don't overthink it. You need this one. If you don't get this, you lose. Okay? This is really, again, don't overthink it. This should be easy. Sebastian Ajo. AHO. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) All right, so you're one for three. Now you get one wrong, you're out. Oh, survivor mode here. I'm in. All right, so let's go. Bell, let you pick. Where should we go next? Go back to Buffalo. All right, Evan Rodriguez. R O D R I G U E Z. I knew it. I knew it. You had it. It's not a Z at the end. It's an S. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Come on. I demand a recount. This is, this is gracious. Oh, man. So Drew is out. He goes one for four and oh, is out. But wait. What were the other names? Seth Jones. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. I have one bonus built in here. Okay. And I will even let Chris help you. If you spell this player right, without cheating, I will drink a Seagram's with you. I have a, I have a hint of who it, I have an inkling who it might be. It's not a Buffalo Sabres player. Okay. You tell me that. Chris, you are allowed to help. If one of you two, or combined, can spell Edmonton Oilers forward Jesse Pugliarvi's last name correctly, I will drink a Seagram's too. Holy shit. I just know there's, there's a P, there's a U, a couple of J's. <laughs> oh my god. Chris, you not what do you got, Chris? I think it'll be uh I couldn't spell Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, half Puerto Rican and I didn't know that. I I would Pooley Army. Uh it's like P U A R No J J A R I don't even know if there's letters in the English language that are used in his actual class. <laughs> Alright guys, it's, give me give me an official spelling from you two. P Okay. You know what, Chris? I got this. I'm the one drinking the Seagrams. I'll take point on this. P U L J R V I I I. You were <laughs> so close. I was getting nervous. P U L J U J A R V I. Okay. Jesse Pulyarvi. Unfortunately, half doesn't count in horseshoes or handbags. <laughs> yeah. Who's the goaltender that we that we have that's playing in the OHL for us? Uga Pekalukanen. Oh, that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. Well, that's who I thought you were going to go with. And I was like, well, shit. I should have practiced that too. (laughs) (laughs) So the other names I have that I didn't give you, I had Brock Besser, Kevin Shattenkirk, Connor Sherry, Ilya Kolvachuk, and Elias Pedersen. Oh, you took all the... Oh, okay, I see. You avalanched me, and I appreciate that. You know what? Out of any of those names, I guarantee out of any of those... I will give you three... Besser... Patterson or Kolbachuk. If you could spell one of those names right now, I will drink a Seagram's. K. Okay, Kolbachuk. Oh my god, I think there's a U. It's K O U. K O U V. God damn it. K O U V. 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 K O U
Oh, you know, Jesus. I, I had Henry Yokiharu in my list, but I thought that would be too mean, so I didn't pull him out for you. I'll tell you what, boys. Guys, for those of you out there listening to this, some of us football, you know, some of us football podcasters and things like we don't have the proper appreciation for how complicated <laughs> these, I don't know, Eastern, Eastern and Western European languages are and the spellings of things. And it's all the Finns and Swedes, the Scandinavians, man. Man, I'll tell you, you're coming up the name game here for the NHL. Man, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to crack this 20 ounce Seagrams here. <laughs> you like a glass and an umbrella? No, <laughs> no. What I'd like is a sundress. What I'd like is a sundress and a pretty hat, Chris. <laughs> Guys, you got me. <laughs> good, good Drew, I, I, I'll tell you what. If if you can get some good names, although I'm pretty good at spelling, uh, we'll we'll do this reverse of football, and I'll try some football names out if you can find some good ones. Fantastic. We will try this again. We'll have you on our show, and we'll do the same, sir. Thank you very right. much for having us. All right, man. It was a good time. Thanks. All right. So again, that was Drew and Chris from Rockpile Report. Make sure you check out their excellent Buffalo Bills podcast because actually it is really good and. It's funny, it's insightful, Drew and Chris are awesome, and uh, we thank Drew for being a good sport, because Bill, to be honest, uh, that went just about the way I kind of expected it to go, and kind of the way the people who voted in that poll expected it to go, too. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, uh, I think I voted with, um, it'd be lucky to get one, so, and hey, to his credit, he got Aho. He got Aho. That was one I was trying to embarrass him and hope he spelled it wrong. I'm like, wow, you got a three-letter name wrong, but he got it right, so I'll give him credit for that. But uh, yeah, I think it was uh, a lot of fun, and to top it off, you won. So exactly, now we, exactly. Now we need to hit the the NFL books and yeah, that, that was seeing how they spell players. That was that was our agreement that we would go on theirs and try to spell NFL players, which I'm pretty good at spelling, but I got a feeling I mean, might get some wrong. Josh Allen, Sean McCoy, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, until they pull out like Scarlett um, Tuller. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I still say that wrong. Loot to Lele, I don't know, whatever. You know. And there's there's hundreds of those guys over the league. So I'm, I'm sure Drew is going out with vengeance trying to find some names to get us back. So I look forward to that. Um, so to wrap up here, um, I hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you enjoyed the spelling bee because I enjoyed it. That was kind of fun. Uh, a little different change of pace there. But make sure you are interacting with us on Twitter at BTB Hockey on our Facebook page, uh, Beyond the Blade. Uh, make sure you're checking out Die by the Blade as well for some excellent Sabres content that our site is pumping out articles constantly. Now the season's in full go, so make sure you check that out. Uh, Spreaker, Google, iTunes, Stritcher, I don't know, anywhere you listen to a podcast, we're going to be there. Rate, share, do your thing, give us good ratings because we'd appreciate that because we're good guys and we appreciate good replies back to us. It would help us out a lot. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon page as well. Uh, so that's still kicking around there if you want to get any of the goodies going on there. So for Chad and Bill, uh, we're going to be out of here. We're going to have an Amrix weekly show on Sunday again for Monday. I believe the Amrix won last time I checked. I have to go back and They're up 42 last time I looked. Uh, they did win. CJ Smith had a goal. They won 6-3. I'll go back and look. But last time I saw it, C.J. Smith had a goal and an assist. It looks like Victor Olofsson got a goal, too. So a nice job. for And Pilot got a goal. Look at that. Pilot, Olofsson, and C.J. Smith all got goals. So that's pretty good for the Amrix. So we'll talk about that with Keith. Uh, they play again over the weekend. We'll talk about it with Keith on Sunday. And then Bill and I will be back for a podcast, maybe even on Sunday, too, depending on how things go here. Because we got to get in, we got to start getting into our two-week uh, two flow here. Uh, so we'll try maybe get in after the Coyotes game this weekend and then preview the rest of the Western Conference road trip ahead of us. So for Chad and Bill and for Chris and Drew, who were on a little bit, uh, we are out of here and we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening and enjoy the hockey. See ya. See ya.